It's really good to be with you this morning. Uh, so our text for today, friends, invites us into a conversation about fear. <laughs> and so this morning, I hope to humanize our bodily experiences of fear and offer us some helpful ways to think about it, some practical things we can do to relieve some of the discomfort that fear produces in our body. So notice with me that fear is a funny thing. It can either paralyze us or it can propel us forward. Fear can either cause us to shrink or it can prompt us to grow. Fear can isolate us and keep us apart, or it can bring us closer together. And so here's the big question I'm inviting us to explore today. How does relating to God impact our fear? And if we could help one another to find a little bit of relief from fear, what difference might that then make in our lived experience? So like for instance, what would you do differently? If you uh, felt just a fraction less afraid, uh, what, how might you arrange your life differently? Would you opt for a different line of work or a different kind of relationship or a different way of being in the world? So as we begin, I want to just invite you to take a moment and consider that question. And then when you're ready, turn to someone next to you and ask them, if fear wasn't a factor, what would you do differently? And so I'll just give you a moment, and then we'll come back together. All right. Uh, so could, could we hear one or two responses? If something came up for you as you thought about this question, if fear wasn't a factor, what might you do differently? Would you call out a word or a phrase? Something? You would what? Commute by bike. Yes, excellent. Good, what else? Water slide. Water slide? So he said? Water slide, all the water slides. Good. One more? Just a little step forward. Yeah, okay, good. When I thought about this question, um, and I was actually talking to a friend the other day, and I said, I think I'd like to try improv. <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to try and been afraid of, but I, I think I may be moving into a season of life where I'm ready to face some of my fears. Um, and I'll share with you, the other day I was watching a show, and um, one of the cast members in the show had this tattoo on his forearm, and I had to wait the whole show for a close-up to see what it said. <laughs> and here's what the tattoo said. Fear is a liar. Uh, anyone know someone with this, this tattoo? Or um, do you want, anyone want this tattoo? Have you been thinking about it? <laughs> I, I like this saying, and I think it's true, and also maybe in a slightly different way than we might think. Fear is a liar, and that's because most of the things we're afraid of will never happen. <laughs> Uh, there's a meme that says, uh, those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, we thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem <laughs> than it has turned out to be. <laughs> and so in one sense, our fear is lying to us about the form that suffering is going to take in our lives. 
while in another sense our fear is telling us something true about the inevitability of suffering and that suffering will be a part of our bodily experience. And fear feels terrible in the body. And even when we're safe enough, really, fear hijacks our ability to fully live as ourselves. Each of us, each of you, is an entirely unique reflection of who God is. And you are unrepeatable. And for most of us, fear is the thing holding us back from fully being known, fully being loved. And so as we open the scriptures today, let's listen for how God is relating to us in our fear, and let's become curious how that might make a difference in our felt experience of it. So we're here in Hebrews chapter 13, where we read this. Let mutual affection continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Okay. (laughs) So this passage opens with this list of encouragers. So do this, don't do that. Show affection. Don't neglect strangers. Remember prisoners. Remember the tortured. And so let's notice that the author here is creating a list of common sources of human suffering, things we all fear. And we're being invited to face those fears by entering into that suffering together and by reminding one another how God is relating to us. So can we look at these one by one? So we start off with this, show affection. Because we all fear losing the affection of those we love. We all fear our affections not being returned. And we need affection. We need consensual affection. (laughs) We need hugging and crying and laughing together. It releases these warm, pleasant neurotransmitters that boost our immune system. And during the pandemic, anxiety and depression skyrocketed because affection was harder to give and receive. By showing affection, we are reminding one another that God is available. God is present. God cares for your body. God cares how you're feeling. And some of us need that this morning. Some of us need to be reminded that even when we're alone, God may show up as a felt sense of affection that can give us that warm feeling of being known and being loved. So show affection to one another, the author says. Greet one another with a kiss, Paul says. And also don't neglect strangers because we all fear being neglected. We fear being ignored by our loved ones who may just be going through a difficult season in their life and not be as available to us. And we fear being neglected by society for who we are, for our appearance, our hair, our skin, how we look, how we dress, who we love. Being neglected, being treated as a stranger is a a source of suffering that we all have good reason to fear. And some of us today may feel like we're the stranger. And we need to be reminded that though others may be neglecting you, God is not. God's face is always toward you. God never looks away from you. The moment that you turn your face toward God, God meets you there face to face and says, yes, yes, this is as intimate and as close as I am to you. Closer still, if you can take it. (laughs) But take your time. (laughs) 
So don't neglect the stranger among you, the author tells us. And also remember the imprisoned and the tortured, because we all fear being trapped. We fear being trapped physically and mentally, going round and round in our head, in our own thoughts, torturing ourselves. That's a form of human suffering we all fear. And by facing our fears and entering into that suffering together, we are reminding one another, God is not imprisoning you. God is not torturing me. But others might be. <laughs> so have empathy for one another, the author tells us. Okay, little check-in. How are we doing with facing this list of fears together? Can we tolerate going one step further? One little step further? Yes. All right. So our passage continues with this. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. Okay, so what fears are we now being invited to face? Honor marriage. Honor your committed relationships, because we all fear losing the people we love. So honor one another's essential relationships. Don't separate people from their primary support system. Celebrate those relationships and protect them. Don't separate children from loving parents. Don't separate loving partners from each other. Don't question who someone loves. Relationships are holy. Honor them, the author says. And also, when a relationship changes because of death or distance or a decision to put safety first, honor your grief. Honor your grief. Some of you today are honoring your relationship by grieving its limitations and allowing it to change. And I want to offer you some encouragement. It's been said that grief is the other side of love. And by honoring grief, we are reminding one another that God heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds, as the psalmist says. And the hopeful news is that Heartbreak has the potential to grow us on the inside. In the words of Parker Palmer, suffering breaks our hearts, and the heart can break in two ways. There's the brittle heart that breaks into shards, shattering the one who suffers as it explodes. And then there's the supple heart, the one that breaks open, not apart, the one that can grow into greater capacity for the many forms of love. So honor all of your relationships, the author tells us, through celebration and through grief. Because through both, God is expanding our capacity for love. And also, be undefiled. <laughs> because we all fear being defiled, being humiliated, being degraded, especially, especially in this age of public online shaming. And so when we feel afraid of that, we might just think, well then, okay, I just won't do anything to defile myself. I'll be super careful what I say. I won't take risks or chances, and then I won't have any reason to be afraid. 
But that's not living freely either, is it? The purpose of facing our fears is to live more freely, which means making more mistakes <laughs> and learning from them. And God doesn't wish us humiliation. So regardless of the mistakes you make, let us remind you nothing, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Nothing you have done or left undone, nothing anybody else might do to you or say about you or think about you, nothing. No affliction or persecution, nothing present or nothing to come. Nothing in all of creation will separate you from the love of God. So let's help one another face our fears and face our mistakes, because no matter what, beloved, you are undefiled. And finally rounding out our list of fears, <laughs> be content. Because we all fear losing money, losing resources, losing access to resources, and we need money for our basic needs. But let's notice that the desperation that we might feel when we look into a financially uncertain future compounds any amount of suffering we might be feeling in this present moment. So keep your lives free from the love of money, the author tells us, meaning Love what money enables you to enjoy and experience and aspire for more if that increases your joy. But remember that money itself is not the goal. And the problem with loving money is money will never love you back. And when we invest our love in money, the fear then of losing it becomes like a chain around our neck. So keep your lives free from that chain and you will suffer less fear, the author tells us. Don't worry what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, because your loving God knows that you need these things. So do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. It's the most frequent commandment in all of Scripture. More than love your neighbor, more than love the Lord your God, 144 times in the biblical narrative. Do not be afraid. It's the first word God says when God shows up and speaks to someone. Do not be afraid. God is here. God is doing something new, and it's going to feel weird, and it's going to feel uncomfortable, and you're not going to like it at first. Do not be afraid. And yet fear is not like a light bulb, is it? It's not something we can just flip on and off. So when our body is feeling afraid, there's very little our mind can do about that. So... This brings us back to our original question. How does relating with God then impact our fear? And how is God relating to us? Our passage ends with this. For God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone else do to me? Two years ago, almost to this day, something happened in my life that took me out at the knees. I lost a relationship I never thought I would lose. And in the years leading up to that loss, I was afraid of countless things, but that was not one of them. So yes, fear was lying to me. 
Because the majority of things we fear will never happen. And the things that actually undo us are often things it never would have occurred to us to be afraid of. And yet fear is also telling us something true about the inevitability of suffering. So do not fear. <laughs> Or rather, do not let fear hold us back. And let's help one another face our fears by entering into suffering together. So that rather than isolating and separating us from God and from one another, our fear may bring us closer together. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This word in Greek is katalepo, which means to leave you, and in, which literally means in the state or condition of suffering in which you find yourself. And God is saying, never, never will I leave you there. And this is the heart, this is the heart of the Christ story, that God is like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. And when we're suffering, no matter the reason, even if we bring suffering on ourselves, God suffers with us. So Vox, what if we became known as a community that helps one another face our fears by entering into suffering together? What if we became known as a community that confronts systems of fear-based oppression, that dismantles sources of fear that our neighbors are suffering, that undoes messages of fear in the church? Because we as human beings, we can face things that we never thought we could when we feel less afraid and when we feel less alone. So I'll offer us this as a closing prayer. It's written by Spencer LaJoy, pronouns they, them. Spencer calls it a prayer that is not a prayer that is a prayer. <laughs> For all who have been made to feel afraid, who are living in bodies in need of being reminded of how God is relating to us. So it's called plowshare prayer. It's a reference from Isaiah to transforming instruments of fear into tools of growth. So I'll invite us to settle into a comfortable spot. We might take a few slow breaths together to transition. The words will be up on the screen, or uh, you're invited to close your eyes and just receive these words as my prayer for you and for our unrepeatable community <laughs> that we are becoming as we learn to face our fears together. So here's Spencer LaJoy. Blessed Creator, dear Mother, dear Savior, dear Father, dear Brother, dear Holy Other, dear Sibling, dear Baby, dear Patiently Waiting, dear Sad and Confused, dear Stuck and Abused, dear End of Your Rope, dear Worn Out and Broke, dear Go It Alone, Dear running from home, 
dear, righteously angry, forsaken by family, dear, jaded and quiet, dear, tough and defiant, I pray that I'm heard, and I pray that this I pray if a prayer has been used as a sword against you and your heart against you and your word I pray that this prayer is a plowshare of sorts that it might break you open it might help you grow I pray that your body gets all that it needs and if you don't want healing I just pray for peace. I pray that your burden gets lighter each day. I pray the mean voice in your head goes away. I pray that you honor the grief as it comes. I pray you can feel all the life in your lungs. I pray that if you go all day being brave, that you can go home, go to bed feeling safe. I pray you're forgiven. I pray you forgive. I pray you set boundaries and openly live. I pray that you feel you are worth never leaving. I pray that you know I will always believe you. I pray. depressed and unseen. Amen for the workers, the hungry, the houseless. Amen for the lonely and recently spouseless. Amen for the queers and their closeted peers. Amen for the bullied who hold in their tears. Amen for the mothers of little black sons. Amen for the kids who grow up scared of guns. Amen for the addicts, the ashamed and hungover. Amen for the calloused, the wise and the sober. And amen for the ones who want life to be over. And amen for the leaders who lose their composure. And amen for the parents who just lost their baby, amen, for the chronically ill and disabled, amen, for the children down at the border, amen, for the victims of our law and order, I pray that you're heard, and I pray that this works.
I pray if a prayer has been used as a sword against you and your heart against you and your word. I pray that this prayer is a plowshare of sorts.